0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in? Him? In the end zone. It is
1: caught for the win. Pressure. Pass is picked off. And who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein and joined always in spirit. But now officially on the show a surprise guest. Rachel Hopmeyer of NBC26 is also here with us. Rachel, thanks for coming on, even though I found out like two minutes ago when you hopped in and Streamyard.
0: Always with Perry Goldstein, sometimes with Rachel Hotmeyer. That's, that's <laughs> how I, I'd like to do it. I think that's a smooth transition in.
1: We wanted to surprise you, Maggie, basically. It's because fun. Rachel was going to join, and then she couldn't. And then when she could again, we decided, let's make this fun and surprise Maggie. So my favorite kind of surprise is a Rachel Hotmeyer surprise. So
0: People say that. <laughs> that is a thing
1: people say. <laughs> <laughs> and this week is perfect because the Packers are playing a team that you once covered and know quite well in the Washington football team.
0: Yep. It's, uh, it's crazy for me to reflect on that. It's also crazy to see how different these teams have become in the last two, three years, the Packers themselves as well, but especially with everything surrounding Washington, both on and off the field. um, And it's just crazy that, you know, their biggest strength, what we used to call the Alabama wall, you know, that defensive front is just not looking like what it should and isn't, posing as big of a threat as it should this Sunday.
1: Yeah, I drafted Chase Young in my fantasy um, in my fantasy draft, thinking that he would have another year like he did last season, sack-wise, and he has barely been able to get home at all. What do you think that is? Why do you think they're not performing up to the
0: expectations that pretty much everyone in the league had for them? I think there's a bunch of um, great position players you know just like you said chase young is obviously very talented but you know i i wonder if it's jack del rio specific or schematically you know that things in that defense are not clicking everybody wanted to freak out about joe barry like just just look at what's happened with washington you know some of the stats i mean they're allowing 31 points per game which is last in the league allowing their opponents to convert more than 57 percent of their third downs last in the league allowing an average of 423 yards per game 998 air yards against them this year, which I'm sure Rodgers loves to hear it because you know he's gonna, just going to flirt with that deep ball every time. Um, you know, their first-round picks aren't gelling. Landon Collins moving the linebacker and being vocally upset about it. Th- there's a lot of issues presented here, and I think even if you were to fix one, it doesn't fix all of these problems.
2: Yeah, and Perry and I talked about this a little bit like pre- starting the season, just looking at like, you know, we thought Washington was going to win the division, both of us, you know, that was, it was like, okay, the way that they played mm-hmm. in the postseason last year, that front almost taken out the Bucks. Like yeah. if you get a serviceable quarterback, you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got Antonio Gibson, like you've got pieces. This team can go on a run Well, they had Ryan Fitzpatrick that obviously lasted half of a game. And now the defense isn't gelling and Washington is, you know, I guess, I guess better than the giants, but
0: still at the very bottom of their division. Yeah, def- definitely disappointing to see. And, and there's so many things, you know, you know, you've got Bostic moving, you've got injuries, McLaurin, Gibson. I mean, that injury report still looks bad today, even though they improved from yesterday. Um, it's just that they're really beat up. I just think it's so funny when you compare teams and situations. Everybody talks about how, you know, Packer secondary can't get any worse. Like everybody's taking punches, but like, look at what ha- what's happening in Washington.
1: I think it's interesting you mentioned that because it's true like the Packers injury report is is just as bad if not worse and yet somehow they're finding a way to come together and still perform in a way that's letting the Packers win games and on the flip side you have Washington which has all these like wonderful pieces Any one of the ones that you named, Rachel, like I think any team would be happy to have a Chase Young, a Landon Collins, any of those players on their team. And yet together, they're not getting the job done. My question with Washington is always like, can, how much, because I think there is always a level of distraction, but like how much of what's going on inside the building is impacting and distracting the team from getting what they need to done, which is winning football games.
0: And I want to say, I hope it's not because the unfortunate reality is so many of these players, veterans, or even just guys that only know Washington and have only been there for a season or two, this is their reality. This is their normal. They're very used to the reality of their owner notoriously being in the nudes for news for salacious and horrible behavior, um, And and it's sad that players have to be employed by someone so despicable in that way. But at the end of the day, um, I I think it's just, you gotta be a professional and roll with it. Your job is to play football. Um, your job is to focus on yourself, your physique, your mentality, regardless of the noise, everybody has to block out noise. And this noise is just louder and different and has to do with the uniform you're wearing and the name that's on it and the logo that's on it and the stadium you play in so I I hope it's unfortunate that the players have to go through this reality but it's also unfortunate for the people that actually suffer at the hands of Dan Snyder so I'm really hopeful that the players do find a way to block out that noise and they're used to it by now
1: yeah and it's not like they're for lack of like any leadership on that team either I mean even Ryan Fitzpatrick um not playing on IR is still a vet who's I feel like everyone you hear who's played with him, like, loves to rally around. I mean, Chase Young's an easy player to get behind, even though he's young. Kendall Fuller, like, there's there's a number of guys who could kind of create this gel. Um, but I guess even if it is happening in the locker room, it's, it's not translating to wins on the field. So we don't want another win, though, this weekend. Um, <laughs> we want a Packers win. So what do the Packers need to do to do that?
0: I definitely think keeping their communication in line, you know, they've said it's been growing every week, that that's going to be key because I think the bright spot that Washington does have is their, you know, starting offensive line, um, you know, being able to capture those turnovers or at least hold them to the absolute minimum is going to be necessary. You can't let the little things they do have trip you up. Um, I also think, you know, I'm interested, Perry and I touched on this in text earlier. You know, we've seen themes with every Packers game so far in terms of a breakout player of a game or someone they're clearly targeting. We had the Randall Cobb game. We've now had a Lazard game. You know, is this not that AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones haven't already been a two headed monster, but is this really the ground and pound game for them? You know, do we really tear through that absolutely trash run defense or is this going to be the Tunyon game? You know, finally something that I think they've efforted the whole time, but just hasn't been there. So Rogers has had to pivot away from one of his favorite targets last year. Um I I'm really interested in how they choose to go forward because as much as they say they get creative and diverse in their play calling at the end of the day every game so far has had a standout target.
2: Yeah and I mean I think to me one of the keys going into this game is just getting the offense into a rhythm where you know the Washington offense is not fantastic. Obviously you've got guys like Terry McLaurin that are fantastic but you know if the Packers offense is unable to get things going and put up like this is a defense you should theoretically be putting up 35 points against. And if you can't do it against a team like Washington right now that is kind of hurting and trying to find an identity, what is your offense going to look like when you play the Chiefs are not a great example because their defense is also terrible right now. But other high-powered offenses, yeah, like the Rams, that can put up points at any given moment. And, you know, I think it's another test for this Packers defense that on the other side of that where, yes, you're allowing 100% success rate right now in the red zone, and you're hoping teams don't get into the red zone. So, This is a really good kind of litmus test for the Packers on both sides of the ball just to kind of get your feet wet before what Perry continuously calls the steak and the meat of the season.
1: The meat and potatoes. How Wisconsin of you? (laughs) The meat and potatoes of the season because it is. I mean, it's about to get really tough, like a lot of really tough back to back road games for this team. And I do think that momentum is huge and like the Packers are riding a five game win streak right now but their offense has had spits and and you know they haven't continuously been dominant like we saw in the 2020 season and again exactly what Maggie said like this is the game where if you want to look like the team that your full potential can be and I think what most people expect the Packers offense to be like this is the game? I mean, you're going up against the team that's 32nd in points allowed. Like this is that 35-40 point game that you hope, even without MVS, because it looks like he's not ready to play. Um, you you want to get, like Rachel said, Tunyon going. You just maybe you just have another 200 yard Devontae game. It it doesn't necessarily matter as long as they're sustaining drives and then scoring points because while the Packers' defense has been 100% giving up touchdowns in the red zone, Packers' offense has not been the same. (laughs) What is it, 14 for 14? 15 for 15. (laughs) But like we saw last season, right? the Packers were at like 80% success rate in the red zone on offense, and this season they're at somewhere around like 55. So, again, there's some things that they can work on, and this is the perfect game to sort of get right and see and put something on film that shows success to go into Cardinals, Rams, etc. rest of the season.
2: One of my favorite things about Lambeau Field is that it's always meticulously maintained. And if you want to be meticulously maintained too, you should check out Manscaped. Support for Packs, which she said is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Ladies, listen up. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you and your man's jewels. For any women out there who have come across a hairy bush, you're now in luck. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the waist grooming, have just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yep, the 4.0. Make sure your man joins the 2 million men worldwide who already trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code
1: PWSS20 at manscaped.com. This new sexy trimmer includes a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock and also gives your man the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. His balls will thank you. The lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes one through four. You know what they say, trimming the bushes makes the tree taller. I guess they say that. (laughs) Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man. And trust me, he will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PWSS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PWSS20. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped.
0: I think what also makes this game so important to avoid as the, you know, the trap game is Packers riding this five game win streak. Everybody so far is like, we're not like we were week one, you know, that that was a mulligan, you know, we we went into it too cocky. Well then prove it. Then here's your trap game that you could fall into, especially when you've got the quick turnaround in Arizona, you need to assure that type of dominance. If you really want people to put away that week one, I know I'm going to say attitudinal because that's a word my parents said to me growing up, but I know yeah. that's not a word, but I'm just hoping you get the vibe. Attitudinal issues that you had going into week one with your cockiness and, you know, uh, ego, if for lack of a better word. So I, I just think for so many reasons here, like you want to be that team. Well, then here's your chance. Bloodbath at Lambeau, Sunday at noon. Like that's, you have to prove that because I think Games like that are just as important to putting up those tough down to the wire overtime thrillers. You've got so much coming up. Seahawks, Rams, everybody that like that's your time to prove the hard stuff. This is your time to prove the easy stuff. You should be able to check all these boxes if you are the Packers you say you are.
2: Are you uh, trying to tell us that you had attitudinal issues growing up and that's kind of where that that came from? (laughs)
0: <laughs> cool. nobody cool. should be surprised at how upspoken <laughs> I am that this was years in the making. Um, I was, I was an adult. I was a bull in a China shop. Um, I, I grew up very quickly because I liked to be an adult at a very young age. So I thought I could speak like an adult. So, you know, but, um, I'm already kind of trying to think, you know, I said bloodbath, but, um, what's it called when you, uh, put a, a, a pig on a, on a stick and you grill it and it's spit it. Okay, one of those. Um but you know the the Washington football team, used to call themselves the Hogs. So like, there should be a pig roast. If oh, this is going to be a roast. I don't maybe the Packers okay. should be able to put on a pig <laughs> roast. Yeah.
1: So, one thing that I'm excited about, haha, surprise surprise is Stokes following Terry McLaurin. Oh, the crowd goes
0: wild. Very <laughs> shocking revelation.
1: All right, Rachel. Um because we don't know if Kevin King is playing so your presumption is again that Stokes is going to follow the number one we saw him against I guess they've been playing a little bit more zone because they can't play too much man with so many guys missing but he has been somewhat following the number one and Terry McLaurin while he's not fully healthy is a deep threat like no other this is like a Jamar Chase level and I think Terry McLaurin's also like pretty like league-wide underrated I don't think when you think of top receivers is not a name that comes up very often but he can burn you his speed is unmatched unreal so I think this is also like if you're looking at mini litmus tests within the greater one like this is another one like Stokes has been playing uh, out of his mind on the like expectations scale for Mm -hmm. what people thought he would be as a rookie just like another test if he can kind of hold Mm -hmm. Terry McLaurin even to like half of what you know, yep. he usually gets like that just says a lot
0: to me. What I would give to see Jair Terry match up this yeah. Sunday, I, w- I would have really loved to see that because the two of them, I mean, when you look at Terry McLaurin's tape, it, it really does remind me of, of Jair at times. Like that, that's the matchup you want to see. That is noon football that'll make your piss hot. That is good, good content. <laughs> you so <hear> that, <laughs> at- sponsor me, Matt LaFleur. So at the end of the day, um, I, I am I am pretty bummed just from a people who appreciate football perspective that, that we won't get to see that as well. But while while I want nothing more than for Eric Stokes to keep shattering glass ceilings and I love that he is just blown the box open, you know, I Rasul Douglas did so well last week. I mean, he played the fourth most snaps on Packers defense, even though he didn't even start. Like, no. you know, he really took advantage of Yadam's mistakes and came right in there. And I think also surprised many people with you know, the the scrappiness you can bring from an Arizona Cardinals practice squad to blowing the house down at Lambo.
2: Yeah, Terry McLaurin to me is one of those guys that if he played for a contender would be in contention for like top, five receiver in the NFL, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, he's kind of getting lost with Washington's outside struggles, you know, that people aren't acknowledging. Um, Perry and I talked about this a little bit in the DMS earlier, but Terry McLaurin like more than doubles the targets of any other player on that Washington offense. Mm-hmm. And the second targeted player is a running back. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shows you like what the offense is like it's 57 targets for Terry McLaurin and then 28 for JD McKissick. Yeah. And you know, these are all players that are kind of banged up the, the, the wide receiving court in general for Washington does not look great right now. Everybody's dealing with injuries. I think they were on their like fifth wide receiver going into a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, you know, the, that the offense is going to try and get him the ball. Tyler Haneke is, wants to force the ball into Terry McLaurin's hands.
0: Yeah. I'm also very interested in, you know, back, certainly back earlier when you think about, you know, the vets of the Washington locker room, to me, I, I, with the way the team is today, like, yeah, you've got, you know, Fitzpatrick and all these things. But guys who have really been around the team and grown with the, grown with the character of this team, it's Jonathan Allen to me. And I am super interested in how that man bodies the Washington the uh, Packers O-line because at the end of the day, he should. Like, you know what? If you're going to give Washington anything, it should be Jonathan Allen winning those matchups. And I, uh, I feel bad if it's, you know, lining up with Newman.
1: I was going to ask, so where do you think they put him on the line for, like, premier matchup? Because I, my thought process is getting in that
0: Newman-Lucas-Patrick zone. I want to say so because I think at the end of the day, you want to look for the easy win for them, not the equal matchup. So at the end of the day, if, if Allen's going to be their best route, you know, to, to Rodgers, then, then that could easily be it. I can see a lot of, you know, high hands in terms of that, but... Yeah, I do think that's something you should look out for, even if the rest of Washington's defense falls flat. You know, Jonathan Allen is a force to be reckoned with, and he's healthy, and he's badass. Um, again, part of that Alabama contingency from Saban to FedEx Field.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. their line is crazy. It's yeah. Chase Young, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. Like there, There's no easy matchup for a Packers offensive line this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's really unfortunate, actually, that Josh Myers is down because I think that just like naturally, like you yeah. want to keep things as consistent as possible. And Josh Myers has been playing so well. I thought Lucas yeah. Patrick did great last week against a Bears front, which is arguably just as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they still sacked Rodgers three times last week, yeah. right? So like Rodgers is not coming out of this game, under in my expectations, like with a clean jersey.
0: I totally agree. Totally agree. And, and to be fair, like he shouldn't, you know, Washington is probably going to come into this very gritty style of play. You know, Daron Payne is great at that. And, uh, again, this is this is where I think people need to keep their eyes. I know you're going to look at where Rodgers is throwing the ball, but I really think these line matchups are going to be key.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, that's that's four first-rounders, right? Like, four first-round picks for that defensive front. Clearly, they're prioritizing that element of their defense. And, and I love yet. that Matt LaFleur – right, and yet. But I love that Matt LaFleur called them creatures earlier in the week. Like, that's just such a – like, they're not even dudes. They're just – these are creatures. that They're they're,
0: they're big, unheralded. Experience.
2: Yeah, I mean Jonathan Allen has 14 quarterback hits already this season. Like that's those are gaudy numbers. Yeah.
1: And and it's interesting too, because like Washington's two and four, right? So they're not totally out of contention for anything. Cowboys are five and one, but Washington's tied right now for second with the Eagles. And so every win in this division is important if they're hoping for, let's say, like a wild card spot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, again, when people, you know, look at the schedule, even when I've been talking to people over the past month, they were like, you know, what's most important in the schedule? And I said, you know, you've got two kind of runs of of rough spots when you look at the cards that the Packers dealt this year. And they're very lucky to be coming into this patch, again, on that five-game win streak, obviously. You know, you have Washington here. You go to Arizona, and then you go to Arrowhead, and then you host the Seahawks. Could be Russell Wilson's Seahawks. Could be Geno Smith's, could be someone else's by that point, you know, and then you're at yeah. Vikings and then you host the Rams and then you finally have your bye week. And it's not like it gets easier after that. Then you host the bears and then you go to M and T bank stadium for the Ravens. Like this is where the going gets tough. And again, I do think the Packers are lucky and they've earned these five wins, but I also think they're a momentum based team and one slip up could really set them mentally back. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think this is something that we've kind of talked about, too, a little bit, just, like, going into expectations for this season, is that, at least me personally, and I'm curious both of your thoughts on this, I feel like Matt LaFleur's teams have, like, historically not played well when they get down early and I think this year obviously the Saints game you know call that what it is but I feel like this is a no panic Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. at least so far you know through these games we've seen them go down to you know the Lions the Bears like they, they're responding better and Matt LeFleur's not getting away from the run or the things that he historically would do when his team was down so I you know if Washington scores first on Sunday I just you know Packers fans like let's not panic about it because I think this is what we're seeing from Matt LaFleur is a more mature coaching style. Who's kind of leaning into his strengths and not worrying about what everybody else is doing.
0: Yeah. I think it also, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants to switch up that coin toss. That'll happen sometimes. Um, But I I, I agree at the end of the day, I think he's gotten a lot more nimble with those types of in-game switches and adjustments on the fly when responding to scoring as well. I mean, I think, The most impressive and a sign of that from Lafleur, was him admitting two weeks ago, yeah, that's on me. I got to get more creative with my gold zone play calls. And the the shuffle pass, you know, the fake to Aaron and then finding him deeper. I mean, those to me, like those are moments where I can even sit here and I have that feeling in me like that was some good football. And I like just love seeing that from a coach, being able to pull those creative play calls. So I I do think all that type. Kind of wraps up in it's his third year. It's not just him feeling comfortable in his system. It's so many more people around him supporting him. I think they're very big, and I do think they talk about this, but I don't think they don't they talk about it enough as to how much they actually do it with when they get their heads together. And it's Pack and Lafleur and all these people kind of collaborating on these things. I think that's what makes Lafleur calmer in the moment is that they are so much of like a brain melting pot. That was a lot of nonsense. I just, like, <laughs> your faces are making they're it. A, they're a think tank. Yes. A football thank, you. Think tank. thank you. Washington DC located politically motivated think tank.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I agree, Maggie. I think, and I think it's not just LaFleur being in his third year, but it's like Rachel just said, everyone being together for this long, like there's a level of like telepathy that you see between Rogers and Devante. And now you're seeing that a little bit more with the coaching staff as well, because they can sense, okay, what's working. What are the, what are our two best players on offense? Like what's clicking, what do they want? Like, I think there was one point Matt asked like, do you want to go for this? You know, he called a QB sneak for Aaron Rodgers. We haven't seen a QB sneak in forever from Aaron Rodgers at 37. There there's just, there's a lot of things that they're kind of, they're kind of diving in there and yeah, getting a little bit more, a little bit more creative. I think the run game is the key. Like, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are a coach's dream Yep, and Matt LaFleur is saying I'm not not calling plays for these two because they're going to a rip off a big run both of them at some point in a game yep. and B, if not like they're testing the defense and they're keeping our them honest they're keeping our offense honest they're keeping us balanced both of them get positive yardage off of of play calls it's unbelievable to me like you think that they're getting taken down and it's like nope it was a yard and even if it's just a yard it's all positive um so they keep everything moving
0: yeah I think I think that's huge the tandem of the two of them even if statistically they're not always getting that first down the Packers are clearly a run the ball to pass the ball team in 2021 And again, they're propelling them forward even for that Randall Cobb in the slot third down situation. They're making all of it possible. I think it's so clear to everybody that they're too good to be ignored.
2: Okay. Yeah. So before, before we go to final score predictions, then um, we kind of talked about this already, but I want from each of you, your key to success on Sunday, what do the Packers need to do to win this game? One thing. It's gotta be
1: one thing.
0: I mean, uh, I also
1: want to know if we think Whitney Merciless is playing or not. If it's no, easy. no. Not yet? I not know.
0: in my opinion. I don't think Whitney will be playing on Sunday. And I don't think really? that's a bad thing, obviously. I think they did a good thing by keeping Rasul out for his first week. You know, I, I think the smart move is waiting until someone's ready instead of forcing them in. They have Jalen oh, Smith. Right. I'm interested in his increased workload this week to see if him and Barnes are any more balanced or it's a, it's a lopsided workload. Um, even though, and I mentioned this with Andy Herman earlier in the week, it's, do I think the addition was awesome? I mean, shout out to Wes Hodkwitz for this one. Since September 1st, the Packers have added six players who combined for more than 320 NFL games. Like, that's awesome. You know, seeing Gudikin's add that type of experience mid-season feels unheard of. It's impressive. Roster billing is 365, but I think it's fair to be bummed to see Chris Barnes having to take a step back in his snaps or leadership role because of that addition, because I just think Chris has developed so much in the mm-hmm. past, you know, few years he's had in the Packers systems. But I really think the key is if the Packers want to stick with their conventional game plan, they need to make sure those uh, run lanes are open for Jones and Dylan to be able to slice and dice this offense up. And then, you know what, if Rogers wants to mail it, that's totally fine because this is probably the team you can do it. Just be a little more accurate than he has been the past <laughs> six weeks. But I I think the key is you want to stick to your game, then make sure that game plan can work by keeping those run lanes open.
1: Yeah, I think the key matchup is one we've talked about. It's just going to be the offensive line being able to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. Mm -hmm. Because, look, as Packers fans, we've watched the sort of evolution of Aaron Rodgers being a magician no matter what. He can hold the ball for 10 seconds. He can scramble. He can get the ball down the field. But he's not that quarterback anymore. He plays like, I mean, just statistically incredibly better from the pocket. And so if that front is going to be even a little bit disruptive to him, it's going to, the offense is going to collapse a little bit. So I think just keeping a, him in the pocket and keeping a clean-ish pocket, I say ish because that front is going to disrupt it no matter what, but just like it, we need Rogers in the pocket and getting the ball out quickly to sustain drives. Maggie, yes. what
2: say you? Mine is the turnover mm-hmm. Turnover battle. The Packers are five and one. Obviously, the season five wins when they have one or zero turnovers, and five wins when they have one or more turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, last week was a great game for Washington's defense as far as getting after the Chiefs' offense. Two picks, one forced fumble. Um, So they they have the potential to be a turnover-causing machine, and I think that's where the Packers can't afford to get sloppy. If you protect the football, you should win this game. No problem.
0: Yep, very good points.
2: All right, so who wants to give a final score prediction?
0: Mm, I saw the line was moving, too, earlier in the week. Green Bay was favored by 10, and I think it dropped to almost 7 or 8, too. Mm Hmm, Mm, let's do Packers, 35, Washington, 21. Oh. Okay, Perry? Yeah, I
1: don't Um, know. I have 35-17, and I think the 17 is important because I think the Packers get their first red zone stop on Sunday.
2: That's really funny because on Pack-A-Day and for the Cheesehead TV prediction video, I did 35-17 as well. I think that this is going to be a get-right game for the Packers on both sides in the red zone, and I think they need to carry the momentum, but I think we can all agree that the key um, to leaving Sunday is to do it healthy because you can't afford to go into this and just have a slug fest and get beat up and then turn around and go to Arizona because yep. the Arizona Cardinals are playing a layup Texans team mm-hmm. and they're gonna go home with a lot of mojo probably looking at 7-0 and and
1: then you know I don't hate on Davis Mills but I do I'm think not even gonna do are gonna Mills. win
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also super curious you know because of that I wonder if maybe at halftime we see Kylan Hill take a bigger role. You know, I'm wondering if, depending on how the first half goes, if the Packers will be willing to pull back a little bit, maybe this is the Jordan love game in the regular season for him to come in and break up those minutes. Again, lead inhibitive um, to give guys some rest for this quick turnaround.
2: Yeah, because this is, I mean, you you get a little bit lucky with the the almost mini buy after Arizona, because, I mean, I personally think David Bakhtiari is coming back for Kansas City. You know, like I think Kansas City is a really good kind of middle ground for a lot of these guys that are kind of banged up to get their feet wet and kind of ease back into that before or get healthy before that like 10-day 10, 10 stretch. But yeah. health is paramount.
1: It is. And it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint this season. It's an extra game. Packers expect to make a deep playoff push. So they'd rather sit guys now, I think, and get as healthy as possible for that later in the season.
2: Rachel, I mean, thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. Would you like to stick around and uh, give game, game picks with us? Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs>
2: okay.
1: So at the end of every episode, we give our um, – just like our predictions around the NFL.
0: Yeah, what okay. Let me up, let me look up.
1: What are what are we at Maggie in terms of uh, Perry's got a, a three game win
2: lead right now? Uh 634.
1: I wish that was translating into dollars in my pocket, but it's not. It's just for fun. All right. So we've got a big one. We're recording on Thursday as normal. Um Thursday night game tonight is Broncos Browns. Um I unfortunately Baker is not playing. Who you got, Mag? I am a loyal wife
2: and I absolutely will not pick against the Browns, even though they're probably going to be without both tackles, both running backs, their starting quarterback, probably OBJ. I mean, talking about it like that, it sounds terrible, but I'm taking the Browns. I'm
1: sorry. I think the Broncos got this one.
2: This is where I start to make my, uh, my comeback.
0: Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Brownco, if the Brownco's Brownco's, that's who I'm going for. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos come in with a little fourth quarter sneak, but I do think all things considered, you know, Jarvis Landry's active. I do hope the Browns for their own sake can pull this off.
2: Can't start slipping in that crowded division.
1: No, No, you cannot. All right. Early slate. um, I think probably the highlight is besides the Packers game is chiefs Titans, um, Titans coming off a big upset over the Bills. Chiefs need to get right. What do we think? Go
0: ahead, Rachel. I'm feeling Titans, you know, it's in Tennessee. I think if it was an arrowhead, I'd feel differently. But again, that momentum is really strong. Nissan should be rocking. I I kind of like the Titans building momentum here.
2: They had a huge, huge, huge win against the Bills. Like, that feels like an AFC Championship preview, and I think they're just going to coast for a while now off of just that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they just continue to truck Derrick Henry down the field, and I cannot see a world in which the Chiefs defense (laughs) will stop him. So, all right, we picked the Packers. Um, Bengals-Ravens, really interesting AFC North Divisional game.
0: Give me Ravens on that one. Come on, they're going to go so hard after Joe Burrow. Um, you know, Lamar will slice and dice as well. I I think that's an easy Ravens win. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's easy.
2: I think it's going to be a one score game, but I think Lamar is reaching uncharted territories right now as far as being unstoppable.
1: Yeah. I'm going Ravens as well, especially at home. Um, this is a momentum game and it is in the Ravens favor. Um, Panthers, Giants, Panthers, gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <That's a gross laughs> game.
1: I'm going Panthers as well. I think uh, we get to see Stefan Gilmore for the first time, and uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think they're doing better. Um, right, they've kind of got some assurance behind McCaffrey's absence. I guess I go Panthers, but God bless anybody watching that game.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Same with this one. This is a fun one. Falcons
0: Dolphins
1: <laughs> Falcons.
2: I feel like the Dolphins are in a
0: tailspin. Yeah, you feel you're you're witnessing it, my guy. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going, going to pick Falcons just for fun. Give me Boston <laughs> College's finest, Maddie Ryan.
1: Uh, I'm going to pick the Dolphins then. I AJ Dillon, compare, was just Boston to be contrarian.
0: You know, Paris. This this is how you keep advancing advancing in the.
1: This this is how I keep advancing: is being a contrarian. Yeah, I also put money down on the dolphins, so that's I feel quite strongly about it.
0: And Uh, I just, I think I'm about to take Titans plus three now that I think about it. So
1: (laughs) I took Titans to cover the spread as well. Okay. Uh, Okay. Oh, love this one. Just kidding. Jets Patriots.
0: (laughs) Don't make me. Um. (laughs) Yeah, come on, give me a Patriots win. I think this should be Mac Jones, you know, confidence booster. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I don't like it, but but
1: get over it. <laughs> not the Patriots of old. We can root for them now. No, I uh,
2: just mean I don't. I'm not like confident in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a problem with the Patriots winning. Let's calm down.
1: Okay, Eagles Raiders. Oof. Raiders.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going.
1: I'm going Eagles. I think the Raiders got their, like, win that they needed last week to kind of cover all the John Gruden stuff, but I think the Eagles are steady getting there, and they're going to beat the Raiders this weekend. More power to you. Okay. (laughs) This one's a no-brainer, but we'll say it anyway. Rams, Lions. I think it's going to be the Rams. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. It's the Stafford-Goff-Bowl Rams win.
2: Poor Lions can't catch a break this year, man.
0: God, Rams favored by 13 and a half. Oh, oh,
1: look good. at the bucks line before you. It's like 17 and a half.
0: <laughs> oh, I've got mine is 10.
1: Oh, really? I looked this morning and it was like 17. Ooh, yeah. Okay, so we're we're all in favor of the Rams. Yes. Bucks, Bears. All in favor, say aye. Bucks. Bucks, yes. Yeah.
0: These games blow. No chargers
1: this week. I'm sad. Um, again, Cardinals, Texans. I think it's impossible to say anything about the Cardinals.
2: I mean, yeah. we can, I don't know. Would that be better or worse for the Packers if the Texans just molly them and like completely caught them off guard and
1: just. Worst. You think? Yeah. Cause then the Cardinals are at home. They're ready to take on the Packers, defend territory. They're undefeated. They want to drop two in a row
2: where they're like, Oh shit. We just lost to the Texans. What are we? We're frauds. And then they just tail between their legs. Yeah,
0: I think the Packers could benefit from going into a losing house.
1: Okay. I, I mean, the Cardinals and can't lose. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're going so to, but I mean, if, if it happened,
0: if the football gods fell generous.
1: I mean, better for like seeding for the playoffs if the Cardinals yeah. lose. Exactly. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, all right. Colts Niners. It's a really interesting Sunday Night Football game.
2: If the Colts secondary was any healthier, I would maybe consider the Colts, but I just feel like they have too many injuries right now to kind of
1: overcome.
0: Is Jimmy back?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So, yeah, I mean, just hand it to him. You might as well. Again, that Colt secondary is really the biggest challenge. I think it could be a more equal match if it wasn't. But, again, you've got Jimmy back healthy. And uh, I think the Colts are still kind of struggling with their identity at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Niners as well. I'm, like, I think higher on the Niners than most people are. But I think they beat the Colts at home uh all right last one monday night this would have been such a great game if this was last year but saints seahawks
0: it's kind of fun knowing what these teams have gone through now and yeah. like i like this as a week seven matchup but
1: on um, monday night
0: um no i don't love monday night but let's take the saints
2: Okay, I'm gonna take Seattle. I think the Saints are getting healthy, but I think they're gonna need another yeah. week or two. So I take Seattle at home.
1: Um, I'm gonna take the Saints as well. I just think Seattle's defense is atrocious right now, and like their best player is Jamal. or I shouldn't say that. Their second best player is Jamal Adams, and he's playing like trash. So they basically have one good player. <laughs> um, and I, Jameis's big arm scares me against that defense.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: All right. Yeah. But still no Michael Thomas. Very odd. Um, all right, Rach. Thanks for sticking around with us, to our game picks. We all pick the Packers, luckily, so everyone can stay happy. Um, but just get ready.
0: The- if it's a trap game, you'll see my... Trap, games aren't, trap
1: games aren't a thing.
0: Just get ready. aren't a thing. trap queen.
1: All right. Tell the people where they can find you and all your work.
0: At Rachel Hopmeyer.
1: That's it. And if you're a local and you want to turn on NBC 26, please do that because you can watch your girl on television. It's true.
0: It's Don't true. forget support local news. Support your local newsroom.
1: Or you can follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Follow Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. Follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitch. That's what she said. We will have a live recap again Monday, Um, to cover, hopefully, what is a Packers win over the Washington football team. Um, Clearly, we're full of surprises, so just follow us on Twitter for all the rest of our fun surprises for the season. We do have a very, very fun guest coming on for the Cardinals preview game. And Maggie, did I miss anything?
2: Um, Yeah, if you would like to buy something from Manscaped, you can use code PWSS20 to get 20% off your order and free
1: shipping. Yes, as the ad will tell ya. It's gotten rave reviews so far, people. All right. Thank you, Rachel, again. And uh, go Pack Go. Go
0: Pack Go. That's what she said. And